Hey, y'all. Thank y'all so much for joining Tea Time with Tosh. We are relaunching, renewing, revamping the season, and this is the mid-season opening. I definitely want to thank those of my listeners that are coming back that have been rocking with me for a while now, and I want to welcome all of my new listeners. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming in. Today, we have a special guest, which is my cousin, Kyron. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself in just a moment, but I just wanted to give you guys a background on what Tea Time with Tosh truly means to me. So when I first cultivated this episode about three years ago, um, three and a half, actually, I love to speak to people. I love to encourage. I love to speak life, and I'm all about love and light. And so when I cultivated this as my baby, I felt like this would be a safe space and a platform just to vibe out with current events, relationships, and even just to inspire and give knowledge about different topics. So this season, we're going to renew and revamp the way that we come because I'm going to have a co-host more often than not. You won't just hear my voice. And I'm also going to come with a lot of controversial issues, but I'm going to shed light on things that need to be. Um, and God led me in this direction. So I just want to say thank you, God, for everything that this podcast has done and who it has inspired and encouraged up until this point. I'm going to go ahead and move it over to my cousin Kyron and let him introduce himself to you guys today. Thank you. Hey, yo, I'm Kyron, a.k.a. Kingdom Kai. I'm a uh, Christian artist and a little bit of uh, backstory about myself. So back in the past, I was just a regular uh, Baltimore dude, you know, out here doing anything. And um, one day I just went to church and it was my mother, actually, who made me go to church today because I, I did not want to go. So I end up in church, and it just ended up being one of those sermons where everything the pastor is saying just, it applies to you. So it was applying to me, and I started getting a little, like, not skeptical, but, like, into it, and I was paying attention. So then he just said, like, he was talking, and he was saying, like, everything, like, about my life. Then he just said, like, you, young man, you right here out of everybody in the church. So that kind of caught me off guard, and I knew, like, it was God speaking to me. So, like, in that moment, in that day, it was basically, like, God giving me a warning. Like, uh, like you know, you got free will, but it's time for you to, like, come home. But, like, if you don't, like, something bad is going to happen to you. So, like, it was... Like, God just letting me know. So that kind of scared me into uh, into God. But, like, I found, like, my relationship with him, and I grew to love God. And so, uh, yeah, two years later, here we are, still growing. Testimony ain't over yet. I'm still moving. I know, that's right. Thank you so much, Kyron, for that. And I just wanted to give you guys a quick testimony that I had that I share as well and how we uh, were aligned to come together for this podcast that God saw fit to do so. So similar testimony, you know, um, I was once in the world doing my own thing like most of us are. I was a lukewarm Christian. What that means is you're halfway in, halfway out. You're doing worldly things and you're also praising God in the same breath. But you have to check, pick a side. You have to choose whether you're going to be all the way in the kingdom or if you're going to be all the way in the world. And the way that we are operating in this space now, I just feel like it's so important for us to choose the side of righteousness, the side of God, because that's the side that when his wrath comes, you'll be closer to him than away from him. So my testimony is just that um, this year, it's been a rough year. I recently went through a divorce. I talked about that um, this season, earlier in the season. Um, and it wasn't easy. You know, I felt like I was being tormented by the enemy. And I also felt like my ex-husband, you know, um, 
was just in a place where the enemy was using him to torment me, right? And so what I had to do is I had to start praying to God in that situation that he will renew my spirit and restore my energy and my intention, right? And so when that happened, um, there was a conference. Sarah Jakes, she had this conference called Women Evolve 2023. And all the things that needed to be said, to be felt, all the things I was able to experience, but just leading up to the conference, it seemed like every part of the path leading up to it as far as financial provision, making sure that my children had childcare and all those things were just so easily ordered. It's like God ordered all the steps to make sure that I could get to where he wanted me to get to, which I always said at that time was a breakthrough. And once I went to the conference, you know, fast forward ahead, I was able to start a Daniel fast. And in that Daniel fast, I was able to start reconnecting with my spirituality and God renewed my spirit. I know it might sound crazy for some that are listening, but it's a real testimony. You all, I wait, I felt like my old self died. Like there was a funeral in my living room and my uh, condo apartment is what I call it. And I died and renewed and restored. And I was reborn again to the person that stands before you now. So all I can say is glory to God for saving me from myself and from the world. And I encourage anyone that's listening, listening to me and Kyron's testimony. May you understand that as long as you allow God to do a major work within you, that you can be everything it is that you shall be the way he sees you, you'll see yourself and you'll be able to do mighty great things in this life. Right. So I felt like that was a very important um, testimony to share in a conjunction to Kyron's. Now, what I want to do is just go ahead and give you a brief background on how Kyron and I were aligned for this podcast. God was able to see fit that he has a kingdom king in Kyron and a queen in the king kingdom in me. And he aligned us together because he said that we each have very sound minds. We're very connected to him and we would be able to use worldly issues to bring it back to the kingdom and tie these things together to inspire, encourage, and shine a light on the industry and things that God is going to expose in 2024. So for the end of this year, he wanted this content to be rolled out in time for everything that is to come this year. So you heard it here first and the way that you heard it coming from Kingdom Kai, Tosh Speaks, Real Talk with T, all those things. We're coming to you. So we're going to get right into the episode. Today's episode is none other than the very first of its kind. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Infamous Brother Love, Sean Puffy, P. Diddy Combs. What God, what the enemy will use for harm, God will always turn it for good. So we're going to go ahead and get started in the beginning, just to come kind of introduce Sean Puffy for most of you all that don't already know him. Sean Puffy Combs is age 54. He started out in the industry in 1990. He is um, a producer, but he's also a Ciroc or alcohol label owner. He has many other branches of business that he does, and he also has um, artists that he used to cover back in the day. So we're going to go ahead and get started out. Kyron is going to tell you about the beginning and his artistry with Mason Biggie. Go ahead, Kyron. Yeah, so he started a label called uh, the Bad Boys label, right? And uh, the Bad Boys label, he started in 1993, and I believe uh, Biggie was the first major artist that, uh, that he signed to the label. And we all know how Big Biggie is. He a legend. He got uh, multiple platinum records. And then uh, Mace came on late in the 90s, and he also racked up uh, multiple platinum records. And they went on to do their thing for about, uh, I would say, until the early 2000s. So they went on a, a nice little run. Okay. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Kyron, for giving us that background. So just to give you guys a background for two other artists that Puffy worked with heavily back in the 90s, we have The Locks, um, and we also have Lil' Kim. So for many of you all that may be new to this um, channel and new to the industry talk, um, Lil' Kim is one of the artists that was very prevalent back in the day, one of Sean Puffy Combs' artist Biggie is who was dating her, also working with her. And she was one of the controversial women of the time. She was a beautiful woman, in my opinion, but I think sometimes in juxtaposition against some of her counterparts, like Foxy Brown, there was a lot of um, controversy and conflict. And even with Faith Evans, which was one of Sean Puffy's other artists, there was conflict between the two of them as it relates to dating Biggie, right? And so Lil' Kim did a collaboration with them, um, the Notorious B.I.G., which was one of the best songs, the biggest hit songs back in the 90s, and everybody loved it. And just the locks, um, Jada Kiss and some of the other artists that was in another one of the groups that he produced. That was another group that was very popular during that time as well. If you know Jada Kiss, then you know he's very outspoken. He's very sound-minded. He is from the streets, but there's nothing wrong with that because I feel like most of the entertainment back in the 90s was rough around the edges, but that's what made it relatable, and that's what made the bad boy label exactly what it was. So that's just the background of the artist that he began with. We're going to go ahead and talk to you about some of his business ventures. So the first one that will be covered will be from Kyron. Okay, so uh, he got you know he got the uh, Ciroc. That's a little drink. Um, and I drank a in my past I drank a lot of bottles of Ciroc and never knew that he was the founder. <laughs> so yeah, that was news to me. He also got the uh, the Sean John jeans. So he doing a, a lot of little business things. He he got his name out there a little bit, and it's not out there out there because I didn't know it. But he on the low with everything he doing. So that's cool. And the, the thing that I love most about Kyron being um, my co-host is that you get two different generations, right? You get the older generation. I'm 37, so obviously I'm in a different generation in Kyron. And so, you know, there's insight that comes from different parts. So obviously, you know, with Sean... Um, the business ventures that he has as in the later part of his life um, have become some of his mogul investments that he was able to cash in on without having to necessarily be in front of the camera all the time. So um, another one of his business ventures obviously is the Making the Band show and the Deleon brand. Making the Band was a little bit older than Deleon so I'll talk about that one first where he was the producer of the show Making the Band. If many of you have ever watched that you know a lot of the people that worked on the show um, Audrey O'Day, from um, Danity Kane, and that was one of his other groups. And then you have um, one of the newer artists that was a part of the band. I watched an episode about him the other day, and it was so interesting because when he was talking, he was just talk talking about how he had a lot of friction and contention with some of the things that happened while that episode aired, all the episodes of Making the Band. It wasn't easy, and a lot of the times, you know, there was a lot of behind the scenes that we didn't have access to. So we'll talk more about that when we talk about the fall of Diddy, but I just wanted to give you an, um, a brief introduction about some of his business ventures and um, just how he came to rise to fame rise. from where he started. Absolutely. So next we're going to go ahead and get started with his relationships. So go ahead, Kyron. Okay, he had a relationship uh, recently with Young Miami, and they ended up calling it quits or whatever. Allegedly, he broke up with her. And um, Young Miami also has a podcast or whatever, and she used to talk a lot about their relationships and the, the type of stuff they used to get into. And, um, yes, they was a little, uh, I don't know the word, uh, I want to say freaky. 
<laughs> and it's so funny that Kyron said that because, as he stated, Young Miami and Diddy are well-known for being um, over-sexualized in the industry. Each of them, her with the City City Girls brand, for those of you that don't already know, and um, just Diddy the way that he is, the freak-offs. I'm sure many of you have heard about that. Just to give a little bit of insight to what that looks like, um, the freak-offs or sessions where there's a lot of things that go on. Um a lot of things that are not always favorable, and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But I just wanted to give you guys a background just to go into coincide with what Kyron said about him and Young Miami's relationship. One of the other relationships that I want to bring up, um, one of the newer ones, is um, Gina Hun. She's one of the Asian young women that he... Um, dated and she's a beautiful woman um her and young miami had a little bit of contention on social media on twitter to be exact um i like to say that sean puffy because i've done a lot of research in this is a narcissist and so because that's the type of label that highlights him he had these two women in contention online fighting over him and it's so crazy because i feel like a lot of times in this day and age um men sometimes and you might be able to even agree Kyron, men sometimes can be such a hot commodity among so many women and because there's so much contention against black women in the industry and even in just day-to-day -day life with some of us regular females they fight over men unfortunately and so those two were fighting and bickering over the relationship trying to say that one should be with him over the other and it just goes to show when you're talking about character, what type of character this man had, because he is an older man dating these two young women, which we'll get into a little later as well. Um, and just having them fight over him in the way that they did. And it's such a public um, thing. It just wasn't cool. And I just was like, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, he going on 60 messing with these young women. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I felt like was so crazy is that. You know, this older man um, that has such power and control, he can emphasize on being able to be aggressive in the way that he was both on and off the scene with women that are younger than him. Because let's be honest, if he was dating an older woman, it's not as easy to control somebody at an older age. Most narcissists, right. whether it be man or women, typically control people that are younger than them. It's easier to do that. That's where the term PYT, pretty young thing, came from. That's where sugar mama came from, for women that can be narcissistic dating younger men. Cool. So it just goes that way, yeah. And if you really think about Usher and the industry, who's another artist that did was very close, closely connected with. A lot of rumors are going around that there was an S.A. as it relates to Usher and Diddy and their relationship together. Usher was just 10 when he came into the industry. His mother didn't know what she was signing up for, but later on, it soon came out that that is exactly what was going on. Alleged. Everything that we're alleged. talking about today is alleged. So these things haven't been set in stone, but let's just be honest. The more that you start seeing conspiracy theories put out there, there's truth to every conspiracy that hits the airwave, especially when it comes to this entertainment industry. I'm going to really dive deep into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to give you guys a background on some of those things. Um, the next person that we're going to talk about that he dated is going to be um, Kim Porter, and then Kyron is going to kick it off about Cassie, because that'll segue into the next part of the episode. So just to talk about Kim Porter, she's one of the most... Um, profound women that he's dated in the past. She has a very closely connected relationship or had, God rest her soul, with um, Kamora Lee Simmons. They were very close friends. They all hung out together. You never saw one without the other. And um, the relationship that they cultivated over the years would be seen as sisters, right? But when you look at the deep, dark side of the way that Diddy functioned in a lot of his relationships, Kim Porter soon later on in her life, as she interacted with him, realized that that wasn't the person that she thought he was, or he wasn't the 
person that she thought he was at it. And so with that being said, a lot of their relationship on camera seemed like it was glitz and glam. They was always on, always on yachts, always at the club, always at the award shows. She just was like his pinup girl until she wasn't. And right before he started dating Cassie, which Kyron is going to cover, Kim Porter and Diddy had a long relationship where most of his children are by Kim Porter, the late Kim Porter. And the unfortunate part about that is that um, Kim Porter did die, and I'll get into that in a little bit, um, but it's speculation, allegedly, that Diddy had something to do with her death. And I'll cover more of that in just a minute, but I wanted to give you a background on the fact that Kim Porter was one of his most pronounced relationships and that she is somebody that he dated for a continuous time before he started dating Cassie Kyron. Yeah, he met uh, Cassie soon after he uh, everything stopped with uh, Kim Porter. And um, allegedly, around the, the industry, a lot of people would say, like, being around him and Cassie, that uh, he was very controlling over her. And he would often dictate, like, uh, things that she would be or how she would act or even, like, how she would have her hair or what she would wear or anything. So that's just a little bit to go, like, into their relationship, allegedly. And, um, yeah, also... Their relationship came to an end around 2018, and uh, Cassie filed a lawsuit against uh, Diddy about all the stuff about all the stuff that he was doing behind the scenes. So yeah. Oh, right. And thank you so much for that, Kyron. So, yep, just like he just said, um, segueing back over to the lawsuit, that's the most recent thing that we've seen in the internet about Diddy, where he talks about. Um, the fact that, you know, Kim Porter, I'm going to go back to that for a second, how when she died, he was so grateful for the life that she had. She was such a beautiful human being. He's thankful that she was the mother of his kids. And he gave this real, like, eerie sob story about how he felt like her being taken away was a way for him to realize that he should have married her while she was still here. It's almost one of them sayings, you know, where people say you give somebody their flowers while they're still living right. because when they die, you, they can't smell them. Yeah. And so it's one of those things. But what I find so peculiar about the whole thing and I said that when it first happened is how can you say that you're so grateful for someone's life once they die and then all the things that I'm seeing what I'm about to cover in the lawsuit you know and how he treated Cassie a person doesn't change their spots a, G Z a cheetah doesn't change their spots they're the same way all the time so if you're always a cheater or if you're always an abuser or whatever the case may be you're that way across the board no matter who you're with your behavior is the same and that ties right back into what I talked about earlier with narcissistic people when you're dealing with a narcissist, they start off, they seem so great in the very beginning. So for the first two months, if some of them make it that far, but for the first few, few weeks of you dating a narcissistic person, it seems like they're the greatest person in the world. They love bomb you. They give you all the luxuries like he's doing with Miami, which we've seen physically in the uh, media. And they just, they treat you so well until they don't. And then when the devaluation starts, that's when you start seeing the real them. That's when, well, like most of the people that talk about Diddy or have came forward talking about him after this lawsuit that I'm about to get into they all said the same thing they were like you know he's a monster right. you know the way they see him off camera is not the person that we see when he's throwing up the deli on and the ciroc bottles this is the person that has an evil dark side and even his artists from making the band audrey o'day which he also was in a lot of beef with on and off the scene she talked a lot about it gina hunt covered it cassie exposed it in a lawsuit and kim porter was about to do a tell-all book 
talking about these things before she mysteriously died. So it's so many different things that highlight narcissism as it relates to Diddy, and he's malignant. A malignant, grandiose narcissist Narcissist means that this person is not only extremely physically violent, but their grandiosity with the expensive million-dollar parties dating back to the 90s, these expensive, you know, yachts, all the things that have pomp and circumstance that make this man seem like he's so well-paid and well-connected to the industry, these things is what he uses to cover up the mask on who he truly is, right? And so I just wanted to highlight what narcissism truly looks like because I know there are many of my listeners that have either dealt with it or secondhand saw it happen with someone else. You know, domestic violence is a big thing um, in life, and we don't ever want to be in a space where we're ignorant to what's happening. Everyone in this generation want to say, oh, it's so much talk about narcissism, but yeah, it's a word, it's a rhetoric, it's a phenom that's going on that we now have information about that we can use to educate people. So many people are going through this in society now, and they don't even realize what's happening to them, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have people that have podcast platforms like me, or even just intimate conversations that you have, this is the time that you, in, you give people and you inform them about what's happening. You show them a light on what's happening to them so that you can give them the knowledge and the skill set to be able to move out of those situations. You want to add anything to that, guy? Right, and let me just say that uh, we don't we don't hate Diddy. This is not a uh, poop on Diddy podcast. We just bring it to light all the uh, things behind the scenes because a lot of y'all idolize these celebrities. And the Bible says, put no man, put nothing on no man before God. That's one of the commandments. So we got to be careful about uh, how much we idolize these people, how worried we are about their lives, because we got to be worried about our own lives and our relationship with, with God. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Kyron. You are so right. Idolatry is a big thing that happens in society. And I even look around on social media and I see a lot of people talking about the celebrities. You talk about the Beyonce's, the Jay-Z's. You know, we put so much interest in these celebrities that sometimes we lose sight of ourselves and God when we idolize these celebrities the way that we do. So I really feel like God chose this platform and co-host as Kyron with me to be able to shine a light on the things that we need to pivot away from. You know, the more and more that we idolize the world, the further and further we're away from God. And God wants us to get closer. His wrath is coming soon. Mm -hmm. And when judgment day comes, what side are you on? I mean, be real with yourself. This is not to try to church you to death or even to make you feel like I'm trying to force you into one way or the other. But it's me giving you background and information information and we're going to talk about scripture later as to why you should pivot away from worldly actions and pivot more to God because then the day that he comes when he marks his chosen people you will be among that few and the rest will be among the world and we all know what God's wrath you know I don't even need to say it all right, so let me just add this the Bible says if you're not with God then you against God so if you're not on God's side then that means you on the other person's side so just to keep that in the perspective about how some of y'all may be living y'all lives, y'all may be thinking, well, I'm not against God. I just don't want to have, I just don't want to deal with that right now or whatever. But it's clear in the word that if you're not with him, you're against him. So y'all got to pick your sides. Amen. I, I second that. And so we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this podcast today. So we're going to talk about Cassie's lawsuit, which is the most recent literature that was put out there that kind of shined a light on everything that Diddy has been doing for years, for over two decades, to be quite exact. So Cassie's lawsuit was recently um, brought forth, and it was a lot of disturbing details in it. I'm going to use um, very specific rhetoric so that I'm not being offensive to anyone. So I'm going to preface and give that disclaimer first. But a lot of her... Um, 
occur claims allegedly um, was that Diddy was forcing her to do freak off sessions where for hours she would be engaging in intercourse with someone else watching. He had her paint white fingernails, which was um, a very controlling way to have her fit an image that he wanted her to fit inside of. So she's wearing white fingernails and she's doing... Um, hand mov movements, we just going to put it that way, with the people while Diddy watched her engage with a uh, SA worker. And um, he basically just got off on it while he was handling business. And the worker, the sex worker that he was working with, he even did an interview where he shined a light on the things that happened during that time. He was a foreign gentleman um, that was part of an agency that did that, like a... Um, a sex worker agency. And so basically what he did is he talked about the things that Diddy discussed, um, transporting Kokiana um, and some rock bottles and all of those things. And did you want to interject something, Kyron? No, you can go ahead. All right, and just making sure that that's how he was doing business. You know, a lot of illegal affairs, allegedly, you know, he was doing when they were in the middle of a freak-off session. Cassie alleged in this um, lawsuit that these freak-off sessions sometimes went for days. You know, for three days, he's injecting her with so many pills and so much alcohol that she used to have, used to, have to use IVs to get herself back to normal again after these freak-off sessions because of how long they lasted. And she even talked about in the lawsuit how Diddy was so abusive to her that he would sometimes put her in situations where she needed to be hospitalized, but because Diddy is so plugged in in the industry, allegedly, and he has so much money and... Um, the uh, task force with the police, allegedly, and also just so much interaction with also doctors and things like that. He would put her in hotels secretly, have her be seen by a doctor on the low, and she would get nursed back to health before she came back out into the regular world for people to see what he actually did to her. There was even award shows that people said she would show up to where she had bruises. And I watched some of the interviews. You can clearly see the bruises on her face. And, you know, the makeup artist covered it up you know, while she was going to an award show. I watched a specific um, video where she was being um, interviewed on the red carpet, and while she was being interviewed, she didn't want to smile, obviously, because she probably had been abused, allegedly, before this um, interview, and Diddy mouthed under his breath, um, smile, stop doing that. And it's just like, it just shows the type of abuse that this woman underwent. I've spent weeks researching this stuff, y'all. So even though this information is alleged, there's a lot of research that went behind the details that I'm sharing with you. I would never come to you with any type of speculation or any type of gossip without having some type of intention behind the research that other people reported on this, right? right out of all the stuff that's coming out, some of it got to be true. Or some of it got to be hidden somewhere. So a lot of everybody not going to be saying similar around the same things and then all of it is fake. So exactly. Keep that in mind. Exactly. Thank you, Kyron. I, I definitely encourage you all to share what you will believe and what you won't believe as it relates to things like that. Okay, so yeah, I just wanted to say that's why it's important to know who you are as a person and to know your worth. God says like in the Bible, he talks about how much we mean to him all the time. So a person who knows their worth and knows what how to be respected they wouldn't allow, like, a lot of things to happen that uh, Diddy was allegedly doing to Cassie. So that's why it's important to, like, know yourself and know your worth. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Self-identity and self-discovery and actualization are the things that will ground us in life so that we have the healing within ourselves to know when 
who and what to engage in so that these kind of things can be avoided and not actually encountered. So I couldn't agree with that more. So thank you so much. That was actually a good segue right into what we're going to talk about now, some of the things that happened to expose him and some of the people that have been on world tours, I'm going to say, just to expose the things Diddy has been doing. Kyron, go first. Okay, so uh, we're going to start with uh, Keefy D. So Keefy D was the uh, alleged killer of Tupac, and he was put in jail, and he claimed that P. Diddy was the one that, that uh, set it up and told him to do that. Only thing I don't I don't really know is, like, why would uh, P. Diddy want to kill Tupac? But, yeah, so, and um, then Suge Knight, he came back and... He did something to, he did a drive-by with, uh, edit. Suge Knight, he came back to get revenge for Tupac, and he did a drive-by, and he, it got Biggie, allegedly, according to uh, a retired LAPD officer or something like that. So, yeah. Yep, absolutely, yep. Like Kyron said, there was um a lot of... um information put out there about that whole shooting and there's allegedly um a lot to do with as diddy relates to the death of Aaliyah, um which is one of our late artists god rest um her soul and also tupac and biggie as kyron said and 50 cent has been talking about this for years a lot of people have thought that the beef um, between diddy and 50 cent has been something light no one really trying to light to it but um, 50 has been talking about for years how Diddy is plugged into all of these things and he always says how you know Jay-Z and Diddy's relationship is always so um, suspect because of the way that these two businessmen always have the elitist status over everybody else which brings me into the Illuminati people think the Illuminati is just like this ghostly whole you know um, real entourage but it's really not the case these people are real people that you see on a day-to-day -day basis that have wealth and power and they have a secret society where they do rituals some of which are gay and diddy has highlighted that no offense to the lgbtq community but they do gay rituals and they do things where they solicit adolescents like usher bieber justin bieber to be exact and some of the other artists that you know diddy has been connected to into the industry through gay rituals and they tell them if you do x y and z we'll go ahead and we'll give you money and status but selling your soul to the devil for fame is not a long-lasting sustainable wealth right. that's wealth that is very limited so i definitely want you to shine a light on that give it to you and take it away absolutely what god gives to you stays forever that's right. I couldn't agree with you more. And then the next thing that we want to talk about, um, one of the people that exposed him was Kanye. Okay, yeah, Kanye. Um, I didn't really get into too much about Kanye, but Kanye been exposing people, been exposing the industry for a while now. Absolutely. He been uh he went back to say like uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, he even sold his soul to the devil or whatever. But he was trying to get out of it and. Basically, concluding to that was the reason that his mother had passed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Ye has been very vocal. And what I've noticed in the industry is when you start talking too much about anything to do with what's happening in the industry that is not what the elitists want to hear or the Illuminati, they start making it seem like you're crazy. They paint this crazy narrative, right? And Jaguar Wright is one of the people who also expose a lot about what's going on in the industry. And she speaks very loud and clear about it. She said that God silenced her for a while and took away her voice until she used her voice to start exposing the industry. And what I'm thinking um, is that God is just wanting to shine a light on everything that's going on for the future youth. Kyron, like he told you at the beginning, is a Christian artist and God doesn't want to bring these new, young, wonderful artists into the industry until he cleans it up. And I really feel like 2024 is going to be God's wrath 
of cleaning our industry up and to paving the way for artists, young artists that can get in the industry in a sound way and not have to be um, obstructed by all this negativity that's going on. So the next thing I want to talk about really briefly before we get into scripture and then we're going to close it out is going to be the Kim Porter and Gina Hun. Now, Kim Porter was doing a tell-all book just before she died. I told you about her earlier in the episode. She was Diddy's old girlfriend. She was going to talk about some of the things that Diddy has been doing that Cassie put in a lawsuit. A lot of the alleged... Um, setups for killing people, some of the things that he was doing um, in the industry that was illegal, some of the things that he was doing as far as um, being gay um, and exposing that, and just a list of things that Kim Porter was going to expose. And miraculously, she died right before she released this tell-all book. But a lot of sources say, allegedly, that there was some type of um, hairstylist or stylist or someone that had all of the information because she knew that there may be a way that something would happen to her, where this woman has all the details of all of the things that she'd been collecting. Um, evidently, wherever she was living at temporarily, this medium named Sloan Bella, she talked about it right before it all went um, live, that Diddy was supposed to have um, had toxic metals in her nasal spray, and that's how they were able to uncover the fact that she died because of um, pneumonia, when there was the initial doctor who did the toxicology report that said there was foul play. They took him off, and then somehow he disappeared, and then the new doctor that they put in place said that she died from natural causes of pneumonia. And a lot of people have been speculating over the years that that is a lie. And I also believe, too, that that is a lie. I'm going to tell you to do your own research, but I'm telling you, you heard it here first that this is some of the things that has been out there about Kim Porter. It's deeper than what they make it seem. Evidently, people only show you what they want you to see, especially as it relates to that negative energy um, in the industry. And the next thing I wanted to briefly talk about is Gina Hun. She's another one of Diddy's ex-girlfriends that went live. She, as we talked about earlier, was going back and forth with Young Miami, but she did an interview with Tasha K, where she talked about some of the abuse that she underwent. She said Diddy made her, um, or she, he wanted her to abort her baby, and he was going to pay her something like $150,000, allegedly, so that she can um, get rid of the baby. But because she had so much love and light um, as she saw in Diddy, and she was loyal to him, she decided not to do that. She said she wasn't going to take the money, and she did it anyway. She did the abortion. And so she also talked about how he beat her up, he beat her in her head, you know, he told her that she was nothing, and he just abused her really bad. So now you have two different different women that have came live talking about the abuse that they underwent as it relates to Sean Puffy Combs. So I urge and encourage you to do your own research and just to see exactly what type of monster this man truly is and not the person that you think he is. So the next thing that I'm going to go ahead and just get right into scripture and we're going to close out. So Kyron, do you want to start? I just want, I just want to say one thing about uh, what you just said. and It's funny how uh, a lot of these things that's, that's going on, like a lot of people don't know about. But like if it... Uh, if it was a famous pastor or something, and he came out and he was doing all these all these things allegedly behind the scenes, it'd be all over the place. And we're not talking about like the stuff that they saying about T.D. Jakes or whatever. Like he would be like publicly bashed. Absolutely. And that just goes back into idolatry. How, when that's going to lead us right into scripture, thank you for that, Kyron. How, when we have idolatry to worldly things and people, how we sometimes or oftentimes lose sight of what's in the Bible, the things that we should be moving against and not idolizing human beings, but moving more into idolizing and giving glory to God, because that's the Alpha and the Omega. So that leads me right into the scripture that I wanted to talk about. This is going to be Isaiah 50, and I'm going to read to you verse 4 and 11. It says, The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that 
I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Behold all you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches. Walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand, you shall lie down in torment. So it just tells you right then and there. The first scripture talks about those like me and Chiron who are from, you know, appointed from the kingdom to share God's works and his will over our lives. How we should see life and how we should move. And when we have knowledge, we should share it with people to bring more people to the kingdom. The second one talks about when you don't, when you have idolatry to worldly things, right. you have to face God's wrath, period. Mm -hmm. And that's real simple. And one thing I love most about the Bible is there are very clear descriptions of how God judges us. So there is scripture right there. Anytime that I talk to you about anything in this episode going forward, when me and Kyron come to you, it's always going to be backed up by scripture. And a lot of people, they may go their whole lives without really truly facing God's wrath. Trust and believe when that clock runs out, you only got two places to go, and you want to make sure you go into the right one. Absolutely. The next one I want to go to you all with, if you go ahead and um, turn to Matthew 24, when you have time, the scripture that I wanted to highlight is 21, and I'm sorry, verses 9 through 11. They then will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. That goes right back into what Kyron just talked about with the pastor. The times now. Exactly. It's the times that we're in. With these pastors, a lot of these pastors are being exposed. You know, I once really valued and revered T.D. Jakes, and um, when I realized that there were a lot of alleged claims coming out, I had to make the decision on if I'm going to rock out with this pastor or if I'm going to turn away. There are many false prophets that are giving you guys information that is worldly information administered and given by their offer, which is the enemy, and they are giving it to people, leading them astray. And so God is using this scripture, as I just read, to let you know he's revealing and exposing these things so that you can make sure that you're picking the right side, the side of righteousness. So that's the one that I really wanted to highlight because it's probably one of the most pronounced scriptures that I had to bring to this episode. Yeah, I would say seek God for yourself don't be all too much into what other people say because if it don't line up with the bible something's not right absolutely and the last scripture i wanted to share with y'all today is going to be luke um, chapter 3 verse 15 and it says as the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Christ so a lot of the times when you idolize anything other than God you have to understand there are going to be questions because you're lukewarm you don't know who to believe and there are the false prophets that will have you believing that they're carrying out God's works thank you Holy Spirit but there's not they're giving you information and they want you to idolize them so that you can subscribe to whatever it is that they're talking about and you lose sight of God. Why do you think when these a lot of these pastors, Eddie Long, God rest his soul, that when he was exposed, so many people were so upset. But when you choose to seek God for yourself and not put your intention in a man that's giving you the word of God, right. you won't be so hurt and upset when you find out that this person was a false prophet. Right. That's why, like I told you a few minutes ago, my love for T.D. Jakes and, and one of the things that I revered about him was his word and how openly he talked about God. But the minute God exposed him this season in my life, I can turn away and I'm okay because I still see God every day for myself. Right. You should just be disappointed and maybe a little heavy at heart, hoping that they can get it right. But you shouldn't be like, oh, man, like, dang, this is the person basically that you worship. Absolutely.
You don't worship man, you worship God. And so before we conclude today, one of the things that I just wanted to highlight to close us out is that the more and more that we seek God for ourselves, um, I do something called covenant time where an hour each day I take time out. It doesn't have to be a specific time. It's up to you what time you have in your day. You give back to God, right? So this is you seeking and creating relationship with God on your own. Very Every cool. day you pray, maybe for the first 30 minutes, you let God and the Holy Spirit read, lead you to scripture. You find books that talk about and teach you about the kingdom them outside of just the Bible. And then after you finish that thir first 30 minutes, first 40 minutes, the next set of the time before you get to one hour, you start meditating and praying. You ask God to lead and guide you, to allow you the understanding and the knowledge to seek him effortlessly. And you seek him diligently every single day. Right. You ask him to give you the knowledge and direction for how to align with him and then you have you have to trust and have faith even if it's mustard seed efforts in your journey that god will lead the way he will never lead you astray right. and that's all i have and a lot of y'all might be saying like oh dang that's a long time but start somewhere you know five minutes then five minutes can turn into 10 minutes and next thing you know you at that hour so just try to start somewhere Amen. I couldn't agree more. So, y'all, I want to thank y'all so much for joining us today with Tea Time with Tosh, Episode 5, Season 3. This is a mid-season opener. I'm so glad that you were able to rock out with Kyron and I. This won't be the first or the last time that you see us together. Um, I definitely wish you well in the rest of your day. And all of you all be blessed. And may you have gained something amazing from this episode. We're out, y'all. One love. Oh.